You're listening to the New Spring Church Podcast. We're glad you're here. We want everyone everywhere to have an everyday relationship with Jesus, and we hope that this helps you do just that. Wherever you are, whatever campus you're on, welcome today. If you're watching online or you're joining us, that God wants to meet you in the middle of where your pain is. And I'm going to preach a message today about the principles of prayer and that's going to be the jumping off point for all of us today. And we're going to actually be able to take some action on it. I want to ask everybody on all of our campuses to grab that card. Maybe it was in your seat when you got here. or Maybe, maybe they handed it to you when you came through the door. We're going to use this in the sermon today, at the end of the sermon. And at any point during the sermon, you know something that God has prompted on your heart. John said those words, to ask of Him, to seek of Him, to knock on the Lord's door. I want you to write it down. Because at the end of the message today, we're going to get a chance to respond and bring these prayers forward. Just as a side note, we've been doing some ministry, special ministry time throughout this entire Sermon on the Mount series. We've been taking communion every week, and we've been creating spaces to people can respond and come forward to the cross and respond in salvation. Do you know how many prayer requests we've received just in the uh, 10 weeks up to this moment? Over 4,000 prayer requests have been given by you and been brought forward, and we've been praying for those, and it's incredible. And today we're going to see thousands more come forward just in the 915. We saw that, and, and we're just believing that God is going to use these things to do some special stuff in our life. Now, we started this series, the Sermon on the Mount, talking about we're going to do these ministry stations, but I just want to let you know, many of you have asked, we're not going to quit when the Sermon on the Mount series is over. Next week will be week 12, our final week of the Sermon on the Mount series. And we're going to keep going into receiving communion, creating space to prayer uh, for prayer at the end of service, etc. Because we've seen God do some incredible, incredible things through this. Uh, one of those stories I want to share with you right here at the top of the service. We had a, a dad here actually at our Anderson campus whose son has been uh, wanting to take communion. And dad has gotten to be able to share with him, well, communion is for those of us that have placed our faith in Jesus. And then the son said, well, I'm ready to do that. I'm ready to put my faith in Jesus. So dad got to lead his son to Christ this last week. And so today will be the first time his 12-year-old son comes forward and receives communion with the rest of the church. Isn't that incredible, mom and dad, getting a chance to lead a kid to Christ? And so God's doing some great stuff. Last week we saw dozens of people on our campuses. Pastor Clayton was preaching that responded and gave their life to Jesus. And so God's doing so much, and I can't wait to uh, see what he does today. If you got your Bible, I want to invite you to open it up to the book of Matthew. We're going to look at verses 7 through 12 today. And I listen, I'm just going to say this as, as candidly as I know how. I hope you're getting your word. Get your Bible open, get your notebooks out, uh, because listen, God wants you to absolutely be blessed today by this, and he's got something for you, and I love seeing you take notes. I know some of you doing it on the digital. If I get on my phone, y'all, I just can't help but look over at the score or look over at Instagram or check out what somebody's doing on Facebook, so I, I got to carry the old hard text. So let's read Matthew 7, 7 through, 11, uh, 7 through 12 together, all right? If you got your Bible open and you're ready, say, I'm ready. All right, here we go. Jesus said these words, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone, say everyone. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if you ask him for a fish, will give him a serpent? 
If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask? So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Hey, this is the word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Thanks be to the Lord. Amen? Amen. So uh, has anybody ever prayed a prayer that actually got answered? Show of hands on all of our campuses. You've prayed a prayer and it got answered. All right. When was the last time you prayed a prayer that got answered? Let me just put that out there, and that's for you to think about. When was the last time you prayed a prayer that got answered? I remember the very first time I had a prayer answered. I wasn't even a Christian yet. I was like seven or eight years old, and as a seven or eight-year-old, uh, I wanted a dog. And so I'd gone to my mom and dad, and I said, Mom, Dad, can I have a dog? And parents, you know what their answer was. If you know what their answer was, say it on three. One, two, three. Okay, you've practiced this, apparently. That's exactly what my mom and dad said. No, you can't have a dog. You know, you don't know how to take the trash out yet or clean up your room or make your bed. We're not giving you a dog and just giving us more burdens, right? And so, you know what? I had heard that you could, you could sidestep mom and dad and you could go great, straight to the source. And so, you know what I did? At night, as I'm going to bed, I start praying to God, Lord, I want a dog. And I'm talking like two or three days in a row, I'm praying for a dog. I mean, this is earnest prayers from the, the, the childlike heart of a seven-year-old. Lord, please let me have a dog. God, please let me have a dog. And one morning that week, I wake up, go outside, getting ready to get in the car to go to school. And you know what was sitting on the front porch of our house? You know the answer. What was it? It was a dog. Sure enough, God is my witness. A little flopped over ear, sitting there looking at me. Just right there, as soon as I walked out of my house, there was a dog, and everything in me, as soon as I saw that dog, was like, oh, my gosh. God heard my prayer, and he answered it. I go inside, Mom, you're not going to believe it. Remember, I asked you for a dog, and you said, what did, what did parents, what did you say? You said, and I, I asked God, and guess what God said? God said, yes. And so, look, Mom, come here, come here. Look right here, there's a dog on our front porch, and that dog was there. Every single day, I'd come outside. And my parents were never going to let that dog come in the house. You know, they were one of those kinds of parents. No animals in the house, right? And, but that dog stayed outside. It would meet me every morning. I'd come home from school. It'd meet me every afternoon. It was sleeping under our porch, y'all. My parents had all kinds of questions. Where did this dog come from? Had no collar on it. Does it have rabies? All of those questions. But we lived out in the middle of the woods on the back of a gravel road. We weren't, we weren't in a neighborhood. It wasn't like it was some, this was straight up, I believe, an answer from the Lord. I'm just telling you like it is. Now, a couple of weeks go by, and I have absolutely no idea what happened to that dog. No clue. But if you're at the Clemson campus today, I believe my mom and dad are in attendance over there. So somebody can ask my dad. I think I have a sneaky suspicion. He knows what happened to that dog, but I don't know where he went. But all I do know is this. God answered my prayer. I prayed for a dog, and I am sure that part of my shape and formation, God knew 30 years later I was going to be preaching a message about prayer. And that He wants you to know today, you're looking at me, He wants to answer your prayers. The heart of the God of the Bible, just like we just read from His Son Jesus, is to answer our prayers. He's calling us to ask. He's invited us to seek. He's invited us to come and knock. And he wants to answer your prayers. And so today I'm going to teach you from the scriptures three principles for prayer. 
Now, it's all loaded up in this Sermon on the Mount, which if you've been with us, we've been doing this for already 10 weeks. This is week 11. This is Jesus' longest recorded sermon in the Bible. And we've been talking about this. This is the, this is the ethic of the new kingdom. And so what Jesus has done is previously he's given, us a, he's given us a pattern for prayer. That's the Lord's Prayer. We talked about that weeks ago. But what he's doing today is he's giving us principles for prayer. And so if you're taking notes, I want you to write down these three principles. Here they are. I'm going to give them to you up front. Here's the three principles for prayer. Super simple. They are ask, seek, and knock. Can you say that with me? The three principles for prayer are ask, seek, and knock. Come on a little louder in the balcony. The three principles for prayer are ask, seek, and knock. That's it. It's like God wanted to make it simple because he wants to actually have us participate in it. Amen? God wants you to pray. And I want you today to find out what these principles mean and begin to apply it. And here's one of the reasons why. We say around here all the time that the vision of this church, we believe one of the things God has put us on planet earth to do is to reach everyone everywhere, no matter where you're from, no matter where you grew up, no matter what you look like or whatever. God's called us, his people, to reach everyone from everywhere and introduce them to an everyday relationship with God. And I just want you to know that I believe that prayer is a part of that everyday relationship. And so if you're going to be excellent in an everyday relationship, then you and I have to be excellent at prayer. And so one of the things that I believe God wants to do is remove the stigma that prayer is somehow only for the, the high and lofty religious elites. Look at me. That's a lie. Prayer is for the everyday man and woman that wants to walk in an everyday relationship with God. God wants to invite you to an everyday relationship with prayer. That's why in the New Testament, one of the famous verses about prayer is that Paul writes to the church and he says, hey, we're called to pray without ceasing. And the only way you can pray without ceasing is if you have an everyday relationship with the God of prayer. And so one of the things I believe God wants to do is remove a stigma and wants to introduce us to this father-child relationship when it comes to prayer. And my, my kids teach me this all the time. I'm going to share a little bit of that through this, this, um, uh, the, the points that I'm going to share today. But let's jump into point number one. Principle number one when it comes to prayer is this principle of ask. And the principle of ask that you see Jesus talk about is a principle of expectation. Everybody say expectation on three. One, two, three. Expectation. Expectation. Now, I don't know when the last time you had some real expectation in your heart for something was, but right now, my little three-and-a-half-year-old son, he has expectation all the time. Right? He comes to mom or dad, and he's going to ask for something. And every time they come to your parents, don't they come with eyes open? And they're asking you for a snack, or they're asking you for a piggyback ride, or they're asking you if they go outside and play on the swing set, or they're asking you to watch a TV show. And they're coming with big expectation. Doesn't matter how many times you tell them no, or maybe, which is just no in disguise. They're in kids' spring. They won't know it till later, okay? Middle schoolers in the room. If parents tell you maybe, that's just no in disguise, okay? All right, anyway. They come to you and they ask, and they're asking, and they got expectation in your heart. Right now, my son asked me multiple times a day, this is what he asked me. I could get him up in the morning. I love waking him up in the morning. And he'll ask me, he'll say, Dad, do you go to work today? Do you go to work today? He doesn't know the days of the week yet, but he knows. He knows that most days, Dad, what do I do? I, yeah, yes, yeah, son, I go to work today. 
but he knows that there's one sneaky day in there, he can't figure out where it is yet, that I tell him when he asks, Dad, do you go to work today? And I look at him and I go, no, son. It's Friday. You and I are going to breakfast, and then we're going to the job sites and watching the excavators work and the bulldozers, and we try to drive around. And he loves construction um, equipment. I blame it on Blippi. I don't know. It's Blippi's fault. But uh, he loves construction equipment. We go and watch construction, and then, and then we, go, we go by the feed and seed shop and get the, the deer corn for the deer feeders. All my deer hunters here, you're here, right? You're not in the deer stand this morning, okay? Okay, watching online. All right, I'm looking at you, sir, watching online from the deer stand, not at church. Okay, anyway. My son knows that there is a day when he says, Dad, are you going to work? I say, no, son, I'm hanging out with you all day. And he's just pumped up, man. And he knows there's certain nights when he goes to bed, he'll ask me right before he goes to bed, he goes, Dad, what's tomorrow? Do you go to work tomorrow? It's his favorite question right now. So much expectation in his heart. Let me, let me tell you something. I believe that's what God wants to rejuvenate and refresh every one of us with. He wants us to have expectation in our hearts and come and ask. Father God, will you, do, will you answer this? Will you, will you step in and intervene? Father God, would you do something about this? Nobody else can but you, God. And it's the principle of expectation. Here's what it does, too. Every time a kid asks mom or dad for something, you know what is going on there? They're humbling themselves and they're saying, I'm not in control, I know you are. And every time we decide to ask and come with expectation, we're humbling ourselves and naturally, fellas, men, I think this is a good one for us, naturally we're saying, I'm not in control, God. You're the only one that can do something right here. So I'm coming and I'm asking with expectation in my heart because I can't control it. I can't make it go away. I can't figure it out. I don't have the critical thinking skills to overcome it with my clever mind. I'm coming to you to do something. It's a natural posture of humility. And let me say this. The only reason we would not ask God for something, potentially, is because we're not humble enough to do it. And I know that might sting, but maybe that's the kind of shake we need this morning to come back and say, hey, what have you stopped asking God for? Because, because in your own pride or your own effort or your own you know, cleverness, you want to be the one that solves it. God's just saying, hey, come to me like a child. Come to me like, like that little three-and-a-half-year-old boy that's just saying, Daddy, can you do this? Can I have this? He wants to give you expectation. Ask. It's the principle of expectation. If you'll receive that on all of our campuses, would you say amen? All right. Point number two, principle number two that I want to put before us today is the idea of seeking and this is a principle of effort. The idea of seeking is the principle of effort. Think about it, mom and dad, if you're not right there in front of your kids when they want to ask you something, they've got to make an effort. And I don't know if my kids are like your kids, but when my wife and I are not in the same room with our children and they want something from us, what do they do? They start hollering. Yeah, Kelsey, they start finding you. Mom! Mom! Mom, 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 mom. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Isn't it so annoying being in a place that kids are yelling mom and there's like 30 moms everywhere? And they're like, what? Is that my kid? My kid? Dad, 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 dad. But can I just let you know that that echo, that, that track that's playing in your mind of a kid yelling for mom or a kid looking for dad, that's the way that the Lord talks about prayer ought to resemble that. That when we're not right there, that one of the things that God allows us to do is to seek after him in prayer. You know, one of the things I loved about John and Cortland's story is there was some things going on in their life, some pain points, suffering, 
dissatisfaction, angst. Do you have any of that in your life today? Suffering, dissatisfaction, or angst? Because just like John and Cortland's testimony, I believe that God allows those things to come into our life so that we might seek Him in the midst of it. Amen? That we might come looking for God. God, I don't have a solution for this infertility. I'm coming after you, Lord, because you're the only one that can do something about it. God, I don't have a solution for this separation that's going on in my marriage. Father, I don't have a solution for this addiction that my child's struggling with or this loved one is struggling with. I don't have a solution. But the Lord, listen to me, many times he allows for those things to come into our life that we might seek after him because he wants to come through for us, but he wants us to come after him. Why? A little drive-by theology. Why? Because if we find something else that can be the solution to our angst, our dissatisfaction, or our pain, then that thing will be worthy of our worship. And God wants you to know there is nothing on planet earth that is rightfully to be worshiped other than him. And so you can continue to be frustrated and seek after all these other things, but there's not enough money in the bank that can solve your cancer problem. There's not enough houses on the earth that can solve your, your, your marriage issue. There's not enough job promoting and success and people applauding that can, that can break the addiction that's going on in your home or in your family. You see how this works. Many times God allows us to go through difficult seasons. Why? For the explicit reason that he wants us to come looking for him. Dad, dad, where are you, dad? Dad! Because it's gonna get us closer to him. Maybe we realize that we've been walking away for a season. We've got enamored with other things. We've gotten too busy with all the stuff and God wants us to seek after him. Seeking is a principle of effort. It's a principle of effort. Now, I just want to make sure I say this too, because in American Western church, we are famous for promoting Christianity in a way that is not biblical. The famous way that we promote it is we promote moralistic, therapeutic deism, which means that we believe that the God of the Bible, all he wants us to be is happy. He, if, if I'm happy, then everything is good. I want you to know that's not the New Testament, friend. That's not what the New Testament talks about. And one of the things that God wants us to do is he wants us to take our pain, our unhappiness, our lack of satisfaction and come to him. And that way we can only worship him. We're not going to worship money or a bottle or a relationship or pills or whatever we think that can satisfy us. Listen to me. He is not opposed. He is not opposed to effort. The gospel is opposed to earning. The gospel's opposed to earning our salvation, our relational proximity to him. That's all because of Jesus Christ and the finished work on the cross. But one of the things you're going to see in the Bible is there is sowing and reaping. And if you will pray with effort, if you'll seek after God with whatever is broken or angsty or dissatisfied in your life, you're going to see him come through. And on the other side of that seeking, you're going to have more worship for God, not less. And that's what he's after. Look at me. He's after our worship. He's worthy of our praise. And he's not just worthy of it on a Sunday morning when we're gathered in rooms like this. He's worthy of it on a Tuesday when he answers our prayer. Amen? The second principle today that we're talking about is the principle of seeking. It's a principle of effort. If you would receive that, would you say amen? Amen. All right. Third and final this morning I want to put before us is this principle of knocking. And knocking is a principle of endurance. It's a principle of endurance. Now, while you're writing that down, I've got to ask you a question. What is this sound right here? 
Okay, it's kind of quiet, all right? You know what that sound is at my house? That sound is, uh-oh, what did gains just break? You know, it's a thud in the night. It's, it's a nothing. It's just a, uh-oh, what, what just fell off a table? Here's my point. Jesus, when he uses this word here, he says that I want you to knock. And this right here, that's a bang. That's not a knock. What does a knock sound like, church? Right? And then, and then they're not answering. Maybe, maybe they're a little hard of hearing. And so you, you escalate. What does an escalated knock sound like? Right? Okay, they're still not listening. What do you do then? It's like, hey! I didn't want to knock my coffee cup over. Listen, God, he used these words, and he says that one of the aspects of someone who grabs a hold of this principle of prayer is you're not just going to ask, you're not just going to seek, you're going to endure as you knock. You're going to keep knocking. You're going to not stop. You're going to continue and say, God, I need you to come through in my business situation. God, I need you to come through in this medical issue. God, you're the only one that can solve this, this issue in my marriage. Lord, my child is struggling with anxiety. Please, God. And I want you to know that this is the way that the Lord talks about prayer. In the idea of knocking. And so I just want to encourage you, what have you stopped asking God for? Maybe you used to ask God 10 years ago for something, but you've stopped believing that he could intervene. Maybe there's something in your relationship. Maybe there's something in your parents' life. Maybe there's an unforgiveness issue that's caused awkwardness. Maybe there's a, an old business thing that went sideways. Maybe, maybe it's a health concern, and you have just decided, nope, I'm going to wave the white flag. I'm defeated. I'm not going to continue to pray. I believe God sent me here today to tell you no. Ask, seek, knock. Would you, would you rap on God's door again and ask him to come through like only God can on behalf of your kids, your marriage, your community? Would you knock again? Now, those are all good points, Pastor. I get it. Yep, ask, seek, knock. It's right there, super simple. But, but does it really matter? I, I want to testify. My sermon changed this week. On Tuesday, I was at a men's Bible study um, that happened here at the Anderson campus. I got invited. I wasn't leading it. I was at this study. It was kind of cool. We have these going on at all of our campuses, by the way. If you're looking for them, you just need to go to Connect, and they'll help you get connected. But I was invited to this men's Bible study. There's like 20 dudes, and we're actually meeting in a barn. It was cold on Tuesday night, and we're all kind of there, and, and, and we're, we're all circled up, and we'd eaten dinner together, and we're all sitting there, and we're starting to share. And this guy from our Greenville campus, he's actually a lawyer by day. He's got four kids. He was sharing at this men's Bible study about how when I'm weak, then I'm strong. You remember that passage from Paul in Corinthians? When I'm weak, then I'm strong. He gets done sharing, and it was great, and kind of opens it up to the room. And some of the other guys start just really connecting and relating and, and sharing. And fellas, I don't know if you've ever been at one of these things where, where guys take the mask off, and they start just being honest and real. You ever been to one of those moments? Ladies, I know you guys get there often, okay? Uh, but fellas, it, sometimes it takes, it takes a minute, right? It takes a minute. Well, all of a sudden, it was like the Holy Spirit settled down right there with us, and these dudes all start peeling back layers and getting real, and I love it. I love it. I've been, I'm over there sitting quietly as one guy after another shares, after another shares, after another shares. And one of, one of the guys that I've just gotten to know over the last couple of years, he's sitting over here to my right. He, he decides to pop, he pop in and start sharing about what God's teaching him about when I am weak, that I'm strong. And if I showed you a picture of this dude, fellas, 
He's, he's like an Adonis. This dude is just ripped. He's, he's into fitness. He's a triathlete. He played college sports. He's put together. You know what I mean? Um, I wouldn't do that to you because I wouldn't want anybody to lust over him, all right? But that's, a, that's the kind of guy he is, okay? But he's, he's one of these quiet guys, just strong, silent type. Doesn't say a whole lot. Well, he starts opening up and sharing that one of the reasons that he's been quiet is because of the lack of relationship he's had with his earthly father. That one of the reasons that he doesn't share often is it's really hard to emotionally get to know other people because he never saw a dad do that. And he starts to share that this is a pain point in his own life. He's got this father wound where, where he feels weak as a man because he wasn't shown how to do masculinity. And he's not just talking about it at this point. He starts to like get visceral and guttural and he starts to weep. And this is a dude, again, that, that just doesn't get emotional, doesn't cry. He's like apologizing, but everybody's leaning in now because you can tell this is real. He's not playing, he's being authentic, and it's awesome. God's there with us, and he's just sharing his heart how his earthly father had been a really weak relationship in his life, a real pain point in his life and in his family's life, but how God, his heavenly father, through the weakness of that relationship, had become a strong relationship in his life the last couple of years. How he had taken the hand of God, and God the Father had started to lead him in the ways of being a masculine man, and how God had really started to redeem and restore some things. And he wasn't there yet. He's not, he's not perfect yet, but he's on the journey. And he just wanted to share for the other men that were there that God's shown him that through the weakness of his earthly father's relationship, there's a strength in his heavenly father's relationship. And every guy in the room is now crying. And as soon as he's done, everybody jumps up from this Bible study in this barn and comes over and lays hands on him and starts praying for his encouragement. It was awesome, y'all. If I could, like, bottle it up and show it to you today on a Sunday morning, I would. But here was the really, really, really cool thing. While we're laying hands and praying over my friend, God starts to whisper in my heart and say, Hey, I'm answering your prayer. Remember? Just a couple of weeks ago, you prayed for him. And sure enough, God brought back to my memory something we do around here at the office is we stop on our lunch breaks many times and we just pause for a moment and we pray for different people that God puts on our heart that they might have a breakthrough with the Lord, that they might start to walk in a stronger way with him, maybe, maybe that they would step into a salvation relationship. And this guy had been brought up three weeks earlier in a time of prayer by another one of my coworkers. We're just naming people and praying for them just a few moments. And God just reminded me, you guys knocked three weeks ago. And I answered tonight. And I want you to feel the power of prayer when you take me up on my word to ask, seek, and knock. And so this Tuesday, my whole sermon, I had prepared it changed because of what God did in my men's Bible study. And so I got in the car after it was over, I started calling everybody that was in that prayer time three weeks early. I said, hey, I gotta tell you, you remember we were praying the other day on lunch break and we started naming this and this and this. Well, God answered prayer. I saw it, I was right there. This, this friend of ours, he just starts talking about how God's changing some things in his heart. He's walking with the Lord and it's, it was an encouragement to every man there. So here's what I wanna put before us. Maybe we haven't seen some really awesome things in our communities, in our families, in our schools, in our neighborhoods. Why? Because we as the people of God have settled for no longer asking, seeking, and knocking. And so what I want to do is invite us to get heaven's view on the matter today in our 1115 gathering. And let's go after God. Let's ask him again. Let's ask him to save the lost. 
Let's seek after God. Let's ask him for that healing or that restoration or that, 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 that thing to be restored. Let's come knock again and say, God, you're the only one that can change what's going on in my family or what's going on in my office or what's going on in this relationship. Let's come after God. Listen to me, because we're not going to settle for having so much church and experiencing so little change. And one of the ways that we step into that is we take God up on his word and we activate in the next few moments. So on all of our campuses, wherever you are, you got that card? I want to invite you to stand up on your feet up in the balcony, down here on the floor, on all of our campuses. And I want you to get a hold of that card. And we've got ministry teams that are going to come and they're going to set up the communion station and the prayer station and the salvation station, the giving stations, all of that, just like normal. But here's what we want to ask. I want to ask you, what is God prompting on your heart to ask Him for, to seek after Him for, to come knock again? And when you know it, I want you, maybe you already know it, you can already write, start writing it down. In just a little bit during this ministry time, I'm going to invite you to come and lay it on the stage at your campus. Now, one more thing that I've got to show you from this text. Maybe you noticed it. One of the coolest things about this Ask, Seek, Knock section is it's a couplet and it's paired with the golden rule. Did anybody else notice that? It's paired with the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Jesus did it on purpose and one of the things that I want us to recognize is that ask, seek, knock is meant to be the thing that we do on behalf of others. That we would not just ask, seek, and knock on behalf of us. One of the powerful multipliers of seeing our prayers answered is when we start praying for each other. It's one of the only things that we can do when we come together on a Sunday morning on all of our campuses. We can start lifting each other up. And so what I want to do is maybe you're struggling with what to ask God for, well, let me ask you this. What are the needs of those around you? What are the needs of your spouse or your kids or your friends at work or your classmate or your sorority sister or maybe the needs of your neighbors? What are the needs around you that you've had shared with you, maybe in a text message or maybe something's come up where you can today not just come and ask, seek, knock on behalf of you, but you can do unto others as you would have them do for you. And I'm believing we're going to see some supernatural prayers answered this week, next week, and the days to come. Not only because we're going to pray right now, but we're going to begin to pray all week long for some of these things that you're about to put forward. So, everybody got themselves ready? You got a plan? You ready to make a move? I'm going to pray for us. Our worship teams are going to come and create a little bit of space. And on your campus, I want you to ask, seek, knock. Give the Lord no rest. He wants to answer. Come like a child. Come with expectation. Come with effort. And come with endurance. So ministry teams, why don't you go ahead and move. And then I will pray for us. And then we'll let everybody else respond, okay? Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you, God, for this encouragement, this super simple principles of prayer to come and ask and seek and knock. And Lord, I pray that we would take you up on that and that we would come with the golden rule in mind and Lord, if we don't know what's going on in our communities, what to be asking for, that maybe is a good prompt. we got to start asking our spouses, hey, how can I be praying for you? Asking our kids, what can I be praying for you? Asking our friends at work, how can I serve you in prayer? Lord, would you make us a praying people? And Father God, I pray that we would see testimonies like we saw earlier today of the Wright family. That as they sought after you for answers, that they would see miracles that would encourage other folks walking through pain, walking through angst walking through not having things answered, but finding at the end of their pain, the end of their angst, 
a God, a good Father who loves them and wants to answer their prayers right on time in a way that's going to bring you glory, us joy, and the world good. So we come now with faith in our hearts, asking you to do what only you can do, Father. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you respond? Thanks for listening to the New Spring Church Podcast. Make sure to visit our website at newspring.cc for more content, including videos, articles, and devotionals to help you have an everyday relationship with Jesus. Or plan a visit to one of our campuses across the state of South Carolina.